This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's see, Terry and Wanda, where are they at? Why don't you guys stand up? Terry, Terry somewhere. Terry, and then all of our other uh, veterans, why don't you guys raise your hands for us so we can see where you're at. See them all right here? Let's give it up. Thank you so much to all of our veterans. Just wanna honor you guys. We're grateful for you and uh, what it is that you guys did in your time of service. And, and uh, as Terry said, you know, basically up to the point of your life, you know, and so we just honor you guys today. Wanted to, what an honor it is to live in this wonderful country that we have, and it's because of people like you, amen? amen. Well, let's give them one more hand. <laughs> then you may be seated. Tell you what, trying to follow something like that can be a challenge, especially when the mic goes out. <laughs> Oh, it's all good. Isn't, isn't God good? I'll tell you what, he's good and uh, his mercies endure forever, amen? And he's got, a great, uh, he's got a great word for all of us today as we uh, get into the word of God. So let's just pray and then we'll commit our hearts to this. Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to just come look at your word. And uh, Father, I just pray that you'll just enlighten us, help us to see, help us to see your heart for humanity. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys like to fish? Anybody in here like to fish? Okay, looks like 42% of you. Well, you know, when I was younger, uh, I had a friend, one of my very best friends, loved to fish. I mean, loved to fish. Every single time I went to his house, he wanted to go fishing. So we'd grab a, f- a fishing rod, we'd grab the gear, and we'd head down the street to Sars Pond, you know. And uh, we'd spend hours walking around this pond, throwing our line in, you know, reeling, you know, just fishing. And, 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 and it never ceased to amaze me that Corey would stand on one side of the pond and he'd pull him in, one after another, you know, just having a big old time, big old grin on his face, just loving life. And I'm on the other side, I'm doing the same thing, casting the same way, with the same reel, the same line, the same bait, the same everything, and I'm not catching a thing. I was like, what is going on? I need to catch more fish. You know, so I'd yell over like, Corey, what, what is the deal here? He's like, you know, here's what we need. Let's just switch, switch sides, let's we'll switch sides. You come stand here, I'll go stand there. So we'd switch sides. And I'd still not catch a thing. And he'd just, he'd, he'd, he would stand in the same spot. I'm like, what is going on? And so I'd, I'd just be like, I don't know what the problem is, Woods. We, we need to go do something else. I don't have any idea how to catch more fish. And, and so that's the point of my story today. And the point of my message is, how do we catch more fish? You know, Corey, he could never help me catch more fish. He never did. To this day, terrible fisher. Uh, Really, I'd rather do a lot of other things in the world than go fishing. Uh, I don't know if it was just 
you know, what, what the deal is, but that's just, I don't know. I guess I just, I got, you know, there's some people that are fishermen. They think I have a bad attitude and the attitude goes down the line and into the lake and, and the fish know it and they sense it. And so they just like stay away from my lure. I don't know. I just, I can just think of a lot of other things to do other than go out, out and wait for a fish to take the bait. But the thing is, is that Jesus was very, very clear about our lives that we need to be fishers, not of fish, but fishers of men. And so we're going to talk about that today because, you know, if Jesus said it, it's important. Do you know that? He didn't just say some things for, you know, I just, I'll talk about fishing for men today. You know, it's not that big a deal. No, it was, it was a very, very big deal. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about the, uh, the priority of people to go everywhere and tell everyone. Why? Because Jesus values people, right? And you guys remember that? Jesus val- values people, and so we need to go everywhere, and we need to tell everyone. That was the last thing he told us to do, and that was one of the things we joked about last week is that as parents, we've either told our kids or we've heard it say, what's the last thing I told you to do? That's the last thing that Jesus told us to do, and so today I want to talk about this, this idea of catching more fish. I know sometimes, you know, it can be a challenge as believers, you know, when it comes to sharing our faith and leading others to Christ and, 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 and just, you know, walking out what it is that Jesus told us to do. And so I just decided, well, you know, what better way to gain confidence in sharing our faith than looking at the word of God. Amen. And so uh, we're going to look at what it is that, that, that in, the, in the life of Peter, because Peter uh, was one of the individuals that if you remember in Matthew nine, uh, Matthew four nineteen, Jesus told the disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men, right? I wish that Corey would have said, follow me to Sars Pond and I will make you a better fisher. He didn't say that, but Jesus did. Thank you, Jesus, that he said that if I follow him, he'll make me a fisher of men. If you follow him, he'll make you a fisher of men. Unfortunately, many are not fishers of men, and nor are they asking, how do I catch more fish? I looked at some statistics. Uh, one of the questions that was asked uh, of believers or, or people that, that believe Jesus, that they, they asked them, is converting people to Christianity is that the job of the local church? And this was asked to them in 1993. 10% agreed that it was the church's job to, to reach people with the message of Jesus Christ. Today, 35% think. Now, what you have to understand is, is that when they asked the question, they said the church being me like the pastor of the church or leaders of the church. What they failed to understand is, is that the church, whether you realize it or not, is it's not the building, okay? The church is every single one of you that is sitting in this room. You are the church. And so it's, it's, it's a misconception in the minds of people when they think that it's not their job right, to reach and evangelize and share the love of Jesus Christ. And so uh, another question that was asked was, uh, is every Christian has a responsibility to, to share their faith? Do, do you have a, a responsibility? Well, in 93, 1993, that was a long time ago. I won't say how long that was or where I was at in life at 1993, but the, they said that 90% of believers agreed 
that they should be sharing their faith. What's really sad is is that 35 years later, only 64% of people agree that they should be sharing their faith with people that they don't know. That's kind of sad, you know, and so we're gonna look to change that, right, today? And, uh, you know, and so here's another one. In the last 40 years, over a billion people have died and never heard of Jesus. This year, 30 million people will, will, will perish without hearing the message of Jesus. 30 million people. Only three out of 10 people will invite somebody to church. 30% of people will invite somebody to church. You know, these are pretty disappointing statistics, but it doesn't mean that that's how you and I have to live our lives. We can live on the other side of it. We can be of the 30% that are going out and reaching people and, and helping and inviting people to church. We can work, you know, to share our faith so that, so that people don't perish, so that people don't go to hell, so that people can know Jesus as their, their Lord and Savior. And so, um, why are men not fishing? I ask a lot of questions. I was writing my message this week and I was like, I, I ask a lot of questions. I, I, I must not know that much because I ask a lot of questions. So I asked the question, why are men not fishing? Well, the first answer that I came up is is that men are fishing in the wrong spot, right? They're, they are, they're fishing in the wrong spot. When I was at Sars Pond, I was fishing in the wrong spot. My son, he fishes in the wrong spot. I brought some pictures of Will. He, he like loves to fish. So look at this picture I brought. This is Will. He's standing in a kayak. I don't know if you realize this. This is grass. This is not a pond, okay? This isn't a fishing hole. This isn't a lake. No, this is our yard. And he's standing in a kayak because he really wants to fish. And he's got his line out there. And... These hosta plants, which he destroyed, he cut them off. Those are the imaginary fish. And he's casting them out, and he's reeling it in, and he's trying to snag one. Now, I brought a picture because he did succeed. He caught one. I'll be darned. The point is this, though. He's fishing in the wrong spot. As a dad, I need to get this boy in a lake. I need to get him in a pond. I need to get him in a place in the right spot so that he can catch some fish, right? And, and we too need to be in the right spot. That's why we're not fishing for men because we're in the wrong spot. We say, you know, my friend loves to fish, but I'm just not into that. I'm just not into that. I'm just not into, you know, my friend's really good at sharing their faith and, and those things, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not into that. You know, another thing is, is maybe you've cast your line out into the lake of life trying to catch somebody and, and, and you don't fail, you know, you fail. And, and so you, you, you are kind of indifferent. Maybe you shared one time and it wasn't well received. And so it's like, yeah, I don't like that feeling. I'm going to avoid that feeling. And so in, in what ends up happening is, is that's why we don't fish for men. And, and so, you know, when you think about all of these things, when you, when you sit there in your own mind, really at the end of the day, let's just be honest, they're excuses, Right. They're just excuses for, for why it is that we, why we don't fish. But Jesus said, I will make you. 
He said he would make you and I a fisher of men. So even if you're terrible like I was, I mean, I could not catch, I couldn't catch anything, okay? And maybe you feel like that. It's like, I just, I, I've never been able to lead somebody to the Lord. I just, I'm not any good at it. Even if you feel that way today, you can be assured that Jesus said, listen, if you get close enough to me, I will make you a fisher of men. Remember, you gotta remember, when he made this comment, he was talking to, to guys that fished, right? The disciples were guys that fished. That was their livelihood. And so he was speaking their language. They were, they were doing it every day. They were reading the winds and the tides, and they were plotting their course for fishing. And, 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 and so they knew they knew how to fish and catch fish in the natural sense. Why? Because it was their livelihood. They, they got good at it. But Jesus still came to them and said, listen, even in the midst of you knowing how to catch natural fish and read the tides and, and, and do all of these things, there's still something that you don't know how to do, and that is be a fisher of men. And if you'll follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Jesus wanted them to know that he wanted them to catch men. He wanted them to catch more fish, right? The same thing is true for us, though. Jesus wants you and I to know how to be fishers of men. He wants us to know how to catch more fish. And so when Jesus said that he would make us fishers of men, Peter was one of these disciples that was there uh, when he said this. You know, and if you guys remember Peter, man, he was, he was different. He was, he was kind of hard-headed, kind of did his own thing, kind of, you know, uh, impatient. He, uh, sometimes he regretted the things that he did. Remember, he, he cut the soldier's, you know, ear off in, in, when he was with Jesus one time. It's kind of inconsistent. Kind of had some flaws, right? And so for me, I mean, when I look at the life of Peter, it's like, ha. Huh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't have it all together, but I feel a lot better because, you know, Peter had some issues, yet Jesus chose him to work with him and help him. He wanted to teach him how to be a fisher of men. And the same thing is true for you and I. I mean, you know, no matter where we're at in life, no matter what's going on, the decisions that we've failed to make or maybe the mistakes that we've made, man, he still wants us to be fishers of men. And he wants to work with us just as he did with Peter. And so, you know, as we look at these, these interactions, I have three kind of interactions that I want to look at this morning. There, there are three sections out of the New Testament that I believe will help us when it comes to being able to catch more men. And so, you know, um, when we look at this, you may have lots of different feelings. You know, you might be pretty indifferent to, to the things of God and, and, and fishing. You may be like the younger Brian and it's like, you know, you want to snap the, 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 the uh, fishing rod over your knee and you want to quit fishing and you never want to fish again. You know, you might just not care. You may uh, uh, have given up, but no matter how you feel today, about this idea of fishing for men. You, you have to understand that it is important to Jesus. We talked about last week that he, Jesus, values people. He values people. And so because he values people, we know, what, right, that Jesus came. He gave his life. He bled and he died for people, for you, for me. Why? Because he values people. But do you know something? We talked about this last week. That, that remember that misconception that people in that survey in 1993, they thought it was the, the job of the church to do it? No, it's our job. Remember that verse of scripture that we looked at? I'll show it to you again. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me. What does it say? I chose you. This is Jesus talking. I chose you 
And he didn't stop at choosing you and I. What did he do? He appointed you. He appointed me. What did he appoint us to do? He appointed us, appointed us to go and produce. Go and fish. We talked about last week, go everywhere, tell everyone. That's a whole lot of fishing going on right there, right? So if we're going to go everywhere and we're going to tell everyone, then we need to understand how to do a better job. How, what, what's the right kind of lure? What's the right kind of bait? You know, when's the best time to fish? All of the things that, that I believe that Jesus will show us in the, in the course of our life and in our walk of life, he'll show us when to cast the nest net. He'll show us when to bait. Just, just, you know, just chum the water, throw a bunch of stuff out there so that, so that that person that that he wants to reach, he, you know, will become interested. He wants to show us these things. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's the fact that we've been chosen. We've been appointed and whether we want to, we want to agree to it or not, it's our job. He chose us to do it. He's appointed us to do it. Cho- chosen and appointed us to catch more fish. And so the first interaction that I want to look at here today in the life of Peter is, in, is found in John 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 35. And uh, I got three points, three points for you. Actually, you got, some of you guys are looking at the notes. No, you don't. You got way more points than that. Listen, I got three points, and then I got th- six action steps. So just g- go with me. It's going to be great. It's going to help you in how to catch more men right? Look at this. John 1 verse 35. It said, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples as Jesus walked by. John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus, right? Is there another verse, uh, scripture there? Yeah, there is. It says, Jesus looked around and he saw them following, what do you want? Isn't that kind of funny? So, the, so Jesus is walking along and some of John and his disciples are standing there and he's like, Jesus is like, what do you want? You know, and so this is what it goes on to say. He asked them, they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? That's kind of weird, right? So John, well, yeah, John and some of his disciples are like, Jesus, where are you staying at? That's kind of a weird, weird question. I mean, they knew Jesus. They knew what he was up to. They knew that he was, he was traveling around and doing some different things. But, but it's like, hey, man, which holiday inn are you at, right? You staying down the road or where are you at? No. So they're like, you know, where are you at? Where are you staying at? And they said, this is what Jesus said, come and see. He said, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they, they went to him to the place where he was staying. So Jesus said, the point that I want to make is, is number one in your notes, Jesus was saying to them in this, this idea of catching more men, Jesus was saying, come and see. Just come and see. Come see what it is that you're curious about. Come and see, you know, what I'm all about. Come see what holiday inn I'm staying in. Come on, come with me. I'll show you. And, and so they had heard about him, but they wanted to be around him. These disciples, they wanted to be around him. It's, it's, it's this whole idea of coming and seeing. It's kind of like when I was in, in, in Bible school and I had yet to find somebody to spend the rest of my life with. I mean, I was looking, I was searching, I couldn't find anything, and one day my mom called me. She said, you need to come and see what showed up at church. And that was Rachel. So what did I do? I got in my car and I came home to see. 
And I took her out on a date. And I mean to tell you guys, I just, this is a side note. The first time we went out, and she loves this part of the story because she doesn't even think it happened, but it totally happened. You know those weird 80s commercials that where, where it was like a makeup commercial and the wind would blow the, the woman's hair and it was just like, you remember that? No, okay, you don't remember that? Okay, well, when I walked up to the door for the very first time, you gotta remember and know I had to come and see. I had never seen her. I had never met her. I, I had only had one very, very awkward conversation with her on the phone where it was, took everything within me to ask her out on a date, a blind date. So I show up and the door opens and whoosh. And I think there was even some smoke too that kind of, you know. <laughs> I had to come and see for myself how beautiful she was, and I love her so much. But with Jesus and these disciples, he said, listen, you have to come and see. You have to come and see, and we have to. We have to, in order to be fishers of men, right? And we have to continually come and see who Jesus is. You know, Jesus is who Jesus is to us. We have to see who Jesus is to lost people. We have to see what, what did Jesus do? Why did Jesus do it? We have to see these things, but, but we can't see these things if we're not coming to his word, if we're not looking at his life, reading the gospels, and really diving into it for ourselves because, because then it's just kind of like, ah, I've heard about that guy. We're kind of like the disciples. I've kind of, I've, I've heard about him. And so our confidence when it comes to sharing, you know, the message of Jesus with those that are around us, it's, it's shallow. It's, it's, it's based upon something that we've heard from someone else instead of what we really, really know. And what, when we really, really know something, it's when we come and we see. We see who Jesus is. We see what he's up to. We see his heart. We see his desires. And when we see all of those things, they, 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 they they become a part of us. But see, the problem is, is that few people come and see. Few people go to his word to see. Few people spend time praying and really getting the heart of their, their heavenly father, who he is, what he does. You know, um, a, stat, a sad statistic is, is that only one third of Christians read their Bibles every day. One third of Christians. So 33% of, of Christians only go to come and see him and see who he's all about. And so we have to be people that are like, you know what, I'm not gonna be a part of that, uh, the, the 66% that avoids it. No, I'm gonna be a part of the 33%, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to him every day. I'm gonna see who he is. I'm gonna see what it is that he's up to. Look at what this, this goes on to say. Because remember, at the beginning of this, uh, uh, John and his disciples, one of which was Andrew, who was a brother, brother of Peter. Andrew was one of these guys that had come and seen and he heard, he's like, wait a minute, something's different. Something's different about this Jesus. And he's one of the ones that asked him, hey, you know, what holiday inn are you staying in? And so when, he, when Jesus began to interact with Andrew, Andrew was like, okay, this guy right here, he is the Messiah and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna find my brother. And so that's where we pick it up right here. Look what he says. John 1.40 says that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the men who had heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. And Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we found the Messiah. And then Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. I think this is just a kind of a side note that when we come and see Jesus and we know who it is that he is for real, we're just like Andrew. We're like, man, I gotta go find somebody. I gotta go find my brother. I gotta go find somebody that, that, that needs to hear about the Messiah. And then what, what did Andrew do? He brought Peter to see and, and, and meet Jesus. And so 
It, 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 it does something, guys. When we come to Jesus on a daily basis and when we spend time with him, it does something to us. It changes who we are. It changes us from the inside out and as a result, man, we have to tell somebody. We're just like, we're just like Andrew. It's like, come, you gotta come meet this guy. You, you need to know him. That, that's really, in essence, my mom, she met my wife. She's like, Brian, you need to come meet this person, right? Thank God she did, right? Oh, thank God. So we have to come and see Jesus. Why in your notes? We have to find someone and tell someone. We have to find someone. Because when we get to know who Jesus is, what he's really all about, his heart, man, it, we can't help it. Man, it's just like, man, what it is that I've received, this person needs to receive, and this person needs to receive, and I just have to tell somebody. I gotta find somebody, and I gotta tell somebody about what it is that Jesus has done in my life. That's what Andrew did. Andrew's like, man, Jesus is amazing. It's everything that we've been hearing about, everything that we've been reading about. Peter, you need to come, and you need to meet Jesus. And so, we have to find somebody and tell somebody. Uh, another thing that happens when we come and see is, look what happens here to Peter when he comes and he sees. It says here that Jesus, looking intently at Simon's, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. So what we see here is, is that in one of the first interactions that Peter had with Jesus, Jesus changed his name. He said, man, from now on, and, and many of you guys know that later on, you know, Peter is the rock. He called him the rock. And, and, and so Jesus saw something in Peter's life. And, and so what we see here is, is that we come to realize in your notes, we realize our potential. Jesus was looking at, at the life of Peter, who he was. You know, he was kind of rough around the edges. He did things a different way. He was kind of inconsistent, some of those things. But that's not what he was looking at. Like if you, if you were to be standing right there in the midst of Andrew and Jesus and Peter, you would have saw that while Jesus, man, you know, what's Jesus looking at? Is he, is something, Peter got something going on? Did he not, you know, trim his beard correctly or, you know, no, no, no. Jesus was looking into Peter's life. He was seeing a potential in him that was available if Peter would follow him. And the same thing is true for us guys. If we'll come to him, and we'll come and we see who it is that Jesus really is. What well, we begin to realize, we begin to realize our potential. And, and really, it's, it's wrapped up in his plan and his purpose for you. From, from the day that you were a little tyke, actually the day that you were born, he placed a calling and a gifting on you. And, and so he sees that. And when we come and see it, that's when we begin to realize our own potential. We realize, man, there's more to this. I'm, I'm capable of more. I can do more. I can share. I can, I can help somebody. I can pray for somebody. That's what we begin to realize. We, re, we begin to realize that potential. He helps us to realize it. And not only that, he, we move, when we move past that, then we as believers begin to see like Jesus sees. We see the potential that are in other people that are not living up to the level that Jesus called and gave his life for. When we, when, we, when we go places and we see people, like last week we talked about, we're moved with compassion because, of, because Jesus' heart is in us. And we're like, man, they are not where they need to be. There's so much more potential for them. And so what do we do? We, man, we, we wade into it. We go into it. We chase that person down. We call them. We text them. Why? Because we know that there's more potential there. And so, so we have to come and see. On another occasion... We can see that Simon Peter and Andrew were fishing, right? So 
They were doing what I didn't really like to do. It's like kind of like Brian and Corey out there at Sars Pond. No, Andrew, or Andrew and Peter were out fishing one day and Jesus comes walking up the shore and they're out there throwing their nets and, and they're working and, and uh, Matthew 4, 4, 19 says this. Jesus called out to them. What did he say? Jesus said, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Now you gotta understand, okay? This is the second occurrence, right? So the first time that Peter met him, or or one, the one that we know of, he met him with John and his brother Andrew and that was the first occurrence. This is a separate occurrence in a different place in a different location. So Jesus is saying something different. He's saying, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for men. And so the second thing is this. Not only do we need to come and see, number two, we need to follow and I'll show you. Follow and I'll show you. Jesus invited them to come and see it. Just just come and see. Just come check it out. Just come see that I'm a normal person. I think that that's what Jesus was saying. He's like, hey man, you wanna know where I'm staying? You wanna know what holiday I'm in? Ah, Come on, let's go. We'll go down here. You know, let's go eat something. We'll go do something. He, he was just a very introductory. Just come see that I'm a normal person. See, that I, see how I operate. See how I live. You know? And so that's, that's, that was the initial, the initial interaction. But then here we see Jesus saying to Peter on this second uh, uh, occasion, he says, listen, you, you left, you, you came and you met me. I saw the potential in your life. You went off and started doing your own thing and you know, doing your livelihood and working, which is good. But listen, if you want to really, really, really fulfill that potential that I called over you, you need to follow me and I will show you. And so we have to follow and he will show. And, and I think what's, what's important to remember is, is that perfection is not required. Perfection is not required. Because I guarantee you there were still things in Peter's life that he had to work on and he had to change and he had to adjust. Yet, even in the beginning, Jesus saw the potential in him and now here he is again saying, listen, Peter, hey, listen, if you follow me, I'll show you how to do this. You know, I'll show you what it is. uh, I'll show you the condition of mankind. I'll show you that I've redeemed mankind. I'll show you my heart. I'll show you the great plan and purpose for you. I'll show you the part that you have, that you play in leading others to Christ. But here's the thing. When it comes to following and him showing us something, it requires that we step away and follow. Step away and follow. In order for me, this is Jesus saying, in order for me to show you, you're gonna have to step away. You're gonna have to step away from what it is that you're doing. The only illustration that I could come up with is, is, is how many of you guys, men in here, husbands, you've ever been doing something and really, really focused on it and your, and your wife begins to talk and she gets to the end of that talking, you can hear the talking, but then she says to you, did you hear what I said? Has anybody else in here ever experienced that? Any of you men? Women, don't, don't, no, I don't need the wives to raise your hand. No, as a man, what happens to your body? The blood leaves your body because if it was, if it was important, you should have been, you should have been listening, right? You should have stepped away from what it is that you were doing and listened to what your wife was saying. That is a short, small, little uh, marriage lesson. That's the problem. 
<laughs> no, we have to, we have to step away. We have to step away. And, and, and disciples, he's saying, listen, if you guys step away, step away from the urgent, right? The Bible actually says that they, they left their nets at once. When he said, hey, if you follow me, I'll show you. And, and, and it says in the scripture, if you go back, it says that they left at once, right? So, so what I'm thinking about is, is, what if they wouldn't have left at once? I, I think they would have said some things like this. Lord, we're at the peak of the day for catching fish. Do you understand that? I can, I, I, we can't leave right now, man. And, and, and the other thing that they would say is, is I, I think what you're doing is important, but you, know, you have to understand, we didn't catch anything yesterday. And so, man, we, we, we gotta stay here and we need to do this. Another thing is, is uh, the distracting side of things. I haven't caught much this month. I got a boat payment coming up at the end of the month. This is all things that the disciples could have said, right? They could have, they, you know, but how many of you us are that way? We don't necessarily step away immediately. We, 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 we are distracted, we're called away, we think things are more important than they actually are. We, 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 we have the pressures of life. And, and, and so that all sounds familiar. I don't know if it sounds familiar to you, but it sounds familiar to me. And so we have to step away. You know, the gospel says, that they dropped everything immediately, in numerous places that they left immediately. And, and, and could it be that in stepping away for a moment, we would see the loss, we would see the hurting? I believe that Jesus is saying, step away, step away. I wanna show you something. Because, you know, as I was preparing for this, it, this point was very, very big in my heart, that and I believe that the Holy Spirit is really wanting us to step away from some things. You know, I, I put it this way. I just, I'm just gonna read what I wrote because I believe that, that somebody in here needs to hear this. And, and he says, Jesus is saying, I need you to step away because I wanna show you something. I wanna show you that I wanna help somebody. I wanna show you that you are the person that I will use to reach them. I wanna show you that you have something that they need. I wanna show you that there is potential that is placed in you that you're not using. I wanna show you that, that you have a part to play in the end time harvest. Jesus is saying to you guys that, that I wanna show you, as you step away, I wanna show you that I've equipped you to do something. I have empowered you to resource my church. I, I wanna show, show you that you need to change this. I wanna show you as you step away and come close that, that I need you to do this. I, I, I wanna show you that if you will make this adjustment, you can move, you can move up. I wanna show you, when you step away and you come to me, I wanna show you that healing is yours. I wanna show you how you can adjust to get what it is that you've been believing me for, but you, I, I wanna show you, you're gonna have to step away. I wanna show you that that child will come home, but you have to continue to trust me. Jesus is saying, step away and I'll show you. And we're talking about it today, guys, in the context of, of people. This is Jesus' heart, it's mankind, it's people. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that the things that, that are going on in your life are that, that he doesn't want to help you with those. He does. But man, there's just so much more to this. And, and we have to decide, just as the disciples did, when he said, follow me and I'll show you, we just got to make a decision. We have to make a decision that, that, that this, this thing, it's, it's not bad, but I, I got to step away from this for a while. I got I to gotta, I gotta step away and I have to follow him and allow him to show me. And, and maybe this list doesn't even, it doesn't bear any witness with you. But, but, but I believe that if you will follow him and you'll step away from some of those things that are in your life, he will begin to show you great and mighty things. He'll, he'll show you those people. He'll show you those circumstances. He'll show you what it is that you have been searching for. But you gotta step away. And I believe that that was, the Holy Spirit wanted somebody in here to hear that this week and today, amen? So step away and he'll show you. To catch more fish, we have to be willing to step away. Step away from excuses. Step away from reasons. Step away from attitudes. Step away from indifference. Step away, follow his lead, and let him show us what to do. The last occasion is this. We're still talking about Peter, right? He got the first occasion, the second occasion, and the third occasion. The third occasion here is in Luke 5.1, okay? And what you have to understand here is, is that what's happening is, is that Jesus is down by the sea and their multitude is like coming in and they're just pressing around him on every side. Like he, there's nowhere for him to go. And, and, and he, as we talked about last week, man, he sees people, he's moved with compassion and he's gonna do something. He's gonna say something to these people. And so what's he do? He looks over and there's a couple boats sitting there and he, he realizes that one of them's Peter, Peter's, and so what does he do? He steps into the boat and he says, Peter, I need you to push off from here. I wanna minister to these people. I wanna, I wanna share with them. I wanna uh, bring life into their life, light life and I need your boat. Man, could you help me out? And so, so he steps into the boat and they push off and he preaches to the multitude from the boat and then something happens when he gets done ministering. He, he looks to Peter and he says, Peter, I want you to go right over there where it's deep and I want you to throw your net out and I want to catch some fish. I want you to catch some fish. And Peter's like, Lord, you know, I've been working all night long. I was at that spot. I was at that spot last night. It, there was nothing, nothing there, okay? But nevertheless, whatever you say, Lord, we're staying at the Holiday Inn. There's breakfast, free breakfast in the morning. I will go over there just as you said. So they go over there. And you guys remember it, that they catch so many fish that it tears the nets on, on Peter, Peter's nets, and he calls in friends, and their boats begin to sink. And look what this verse says here in verse Luke 5.10. It says his partners, right? Peter's partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, or Peter, what did he say? He said, Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. I just think it's amazing because what I take from this in this third occurrence is don't be afraid, you do it. So here we see, guys, three illustrations. Come and see 
Then we, say, we, we see, follow me, I will show you how to do it. And then here, we say, listen, don't be afraid. You do it, you're ready to do it. You're ready to do it. So we see this progression where Jesus is working in the life of an imperfect person, Peter, and he's saying, listen, I can help you do this. I can help you do this. And actually, if you read commentaries on this scripture, it says in that scripture that never again did Peter, at least Peter, did he go back to what it was that he was doing. He continued to follow Jesus for the rest of his days. He wasn't you know, drawn back to his job, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't work, we need to work, but, but my point is, is that he focused on what it is that he knew he was supposed to be doing because Jesus said, listen, you're ready. You came and see me, you got to know me, you, you, you choose to follow me, I showed you how to do it, now you're ready. You don't have to be afraid, and, and, I, and you can do it. And so, the, the thing that, that I wanna just kinda dive into a little bit in this experience, though, that Peter had was, is that I believe that Jesus blew up Peter's world, right? He did. I mean, Jesus, you know, Peter, he's like, hey, man, you wanna use my boat? Yeah, let's, come on, let's go. I'm good, got my nets cleaned up. I'll go for a ride and listen to you preach to these people. You know, and so, so he wasn't, he was just kind of minding his own business, rowing, rowing, you know, and doing his thing. But I think what happened is, is that Peter realized, he realized a miracle, you know? I mean, yeah, he saw Jesus move with compassion, but man, Jesus, as a result, blessed him. And, 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 and what we see here is that Peter realizes that, that this miracle just placed, he realizes that his, his little world, his little boat, his little thinking, and his little believing and that he has this net-breaking, boat-sinking experience where, where he was overwhelmed. The Bible says he's overwhelmed. He was afraid. Even some of his friends, man, they were astonished and just amazed, you know? And I think, I think that Peter started by thinking, my work, my boat, my net, it's, it's, it's unimportant. It's not important, you know? It's just, I just do what I do, and, but this is where it ends, it ended because he realized that his work, his boat, and his net was insignificant in comparison to what it was that Jesus could do if he was a part of his life. And what it was that Jesus wanted to do through his life. You know, but here, here's, here's one thing because, you know, last week as we left, somebody made the comment about being afraid. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest fears that people have when it comes to sharing their heart with Christ or just sharing their testimony or just, just helping people, period. You know, it's not necessarily preaching, is that they're afraid, you know? But I think like Peter, we just, we gotta realize that, man, when he, when he steps into our boat, into the boat of our life, why? Why does he step into our boat? He steps into our boat because, as we talked about before, we come to him and see right? As we come to him and see, and as we, we, we step away and we follow him, he steps into our life, and he begins to operate and do things and work through us, you know, and, and Peter had fears, and he had shame, but I believe in that moment, it was like revelation knowledge to him, and, 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 and we're a lot like him, that we think that, we think our life, we think our work, we think our boat, our net, our casting, it's insignificant, it doesn't matter, and, 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 it's, and it doesn't even, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, I've, I've had that, you know, it's like you talk to people, it's like, that didn't go well, you know? But, but, Jesus, I believe, is saying, let me work with what you have. 
Let me, let me work with who you are, right? I mean, if we were to do a deep dive on this, I mean, all of us are uniquely put together in, in ways. You know, some of us are analytical, some of us are relaxed, some of us are, I mean, you just name an adjective. And, and I think that just like Peter, he was, he was one of these adjectives. And I think for us, it's like, we just have to come to the conclusion, I am who I am. And, 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 and God will work with who I am. So if I'm analytical and I'm gonna study this out and I'm gonna prove my point and, I'm gonna, you know, and that's how I operate, guess what? He will use those giftings in your life to reach a person that is just, could be like you or could have a lot of questions. You know? And so it's like, because you know and because you have knowledge, you have the ability to speak to the questions that they have. Maybe you're a person and you're just like, you know, you're laid back and it's just relaxed and you're just, yeah, we're good. You, that personality can be used to reach somebody that, that maybe is uptight. <laughs> just, uh, come on, relax, it's okay. Jesus loves you, come on, let's go get something to eat. And you just begin to walk into somebody's life that's uptight, that's stressed out, that's full of anxiety, and because you're relaxed and you're just, you know, never on time, you know, you are there when they need you. I'm telling you guys, he'll use you how you are. You don't have to become somebody. You don't have to become me. You don't have to become Pastor Mike. You don't have to become the person that you idolize. You can be yourself. And you can allow God to use how he formed you and how he created you to reach people. Because when he steps into your boat, he will absolutely, he will absolutely do it. Your life, your work, your serving, your boat, your net, your casting is not insignificant. He wants to work with you. Your story, your life, what it is that you have, what you've been given, it's significant. Don't believe the lie that the enemy convinces you of that what you have to offer friends, family, and loved ones and strangers is insignificant because it's not. It's significant. And if we're like Peter, man, and we, get, we, we let Jesus get into the boat of our life, it, it, it'll just come out of us. It just comes out of us. People see us in a different light. They, they, they see what's on us and they say, I don't know what it is that's in you, but I gotta have what it is that's in you. Here, here a few weeks ago, my Uncle Phil was sitting at a football game and, uh, and, and I, hopefully I get all the details right, but my daughter uh, went out for cheerleading this year and so she's standing down on the, on the thing and she's cheering and uh, he was sitting in earshot of somebody and they were saying, who is that person down there? Who is that? Somebody said, well, that's, that's Lauren Calstrip. And, and this person said, there's, there's, something, there's something different about her, you know? And, and I don't think that Phil said anything and Phil didn't turn around and say, hey, uh, that's my, my you know, nephew's daughter. No, he didn't do that. But, but my point is, is that the same thing that, that this, this woman could see, now I, I'm assuming, but I would guess they might have not known Jesus. They might have been somebody that was in the world and their eyes were dark and, and, and they couldn't see, they were blind. And so something was different about them. They recognized that something was different about it. And that's what we have to understand that the, the light that is inside of each and every one of us, the light of Jesus, as we, as we come to him and see, that light gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And then when we go out, people see 
that light that's upon us, they see that there's something different. It opens doors for, for sharing. And, and, and it's not maybe a five-point sermon or anything like that. It's just like maybe it's just caring for somebody, encouraging them, loving them through something that's tough. Maybe they're going through, you know, their ch- child sick and you get to pray with them. Maybe they're going through a divorce and you get to step into their life. That light, people, people see it. And so, we have to understand that your life, your story, your testimony, what you share is not insignificant when Jesus is in your boat. Listen, fear looks to self. If you're afraid, you're looking to yourself. When it comes to sharing Jesus with other people, and, and if fear decides you know, to, to, to overwhelm you, you have to say to yourself, fear is me looking at myself. But if I want to be, if I don't want to live in fear and I want to live in faith, then I need to do this. Faith looks to Jesus. So in that moment, because the enemy doesn't want you to work, and I think that we just need, you know, when those moments come up and you, and, 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 and there's a worry, or there's a fear, you need to be like, Ooh, that's it. That's the devil. He is trying to keep me from doing what it is that I need to do. I am going to lean into this. So if you think in your mind you can't hear the Holy Spirit, maybe what you ought to do is just take a cue from the fear that might come on you. Say, you know what? I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to walk in faith. And I'm going to, whatever that situation is, where, where, where the Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention, but the fear seems to be overwhelming, you need to say, no. Nope. I'm going to lean on the Holy Spirit right now, right here, faith in Jesus' name, right? So I want to leave you with six things to remember, and this is taken from Luke 5, 1 through 10. If you guys want to go home and read it, great. I think it'd bless you. But these are six things to remember for catching more fish. And I'm not talking about real fish for all you guys that like to fish. I'm talking about the fish that Jesus cares about. Number one, use what you have and who you are. Someone needs what you have. Someone needs the victory that you've experienced. Someone needs your strength. Number two, you may not understand. How many of you guys have ever been there before? You don't understand. You know, Peter didn't. Jesus said, hey, go over there, put out your net. It's like, Lord, what? That's that that spot, there's never fish there, Lord. You may not understand. Them, that person right now, really? Lord, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, it's time. It's okay. It's okay to not understand. Why? Because the word of God tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. So if we don't understand, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm just not going to lean on my own understanding. I don't understand. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do. I'm going to speak. Number three, trust in faith trust in faith. At your word, I will trust. That's what Peter said. I'll share. I'll encourage. I'll pray. Man, when those opportunities arise, just say, just do it. Just put your hand on the shoulder. I mean, I've been there before where it's like, you know, somebody needs prayer and you know, you know, that's the time right here, right now. It's, oh God, nah, don't really, this is a weird time. Sometimes I just do it real quick. One time I was at a football game. I was walking with a guy. He's sharing his life with me and he's just like, just pouring out his heart. I'm just listening, eating my hamburger. You know, totally spiritual moment. <laughs> it was. Why? Because this guy's pouring his heart out, and I was like, I'm just listening and eating. Holy Spirit's not saying anything. I, you know, it's not, thus saith Lord, lay your hand. No, I said, I just did this. 
after I got done eating my hamburger, obviously, I just put my arm around him as we continued to walk. I said, let's pray. And I just began to pray over the situation. I prayed for wisdom. I prayed for, for help. I prayed for strength. And I said, in Jesus' name, amen. We, we, we went our separate ways. He went to his seat. I went to my seat. Wasn't weird. Well, maybe he thought it was weird. I don't know. Trust and faith. Trust and faith. Number four, help will come when you need it. Help will come when you need it most. The catch was so great. It was so overwhelming. It was net breaking, boat sinking, and he needed help. And what did he do? He cried out. His friends came near. Guess what? You guys have a friend. You may not think you have a friend, but you do. It's the Holy Spirit. He's been sent to every single one of you. He's been sent to help you, to coach you, to help you, to, to bring to your remembrance. All of those things that you think that you don't know or don't have, they're inside. And man, when you're in that moment, he'll bring back to your remembrance things. It's like, what? Where did that come from? But guess what? It takes trusting and faith and stepping out. He will help you when you need it most. Number five. There is a great return for your obedience. First and foremost, you're helping to save somebody's eternal outlook in life for, forever. That's the most, that is the greatest inheritance that we have. There is no money, there's no houses, there's no cars, there's no nothing that, that, that it, it pales in comparison to leading somebody and helping them to miss hell and make heaven. It's the greatest reward. And so we are rewarded for obedience. Peter let him use the boat, what it is that he had. Peter obeyed and he pushed out and he went to the deep and he cast the net and he received a blessing both naturally but more importantly spiritually. And we too will. Luke 5, 10 and 11 says this, for now you'll be fishers of men, now. Now, you will be fishers of men. You'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Lastly, catching more people requires that we sell out to the cause. Gotta sell out. That's what they did. Man, they had this experience. Peter had this experience like none other. And he walked through this and he's like, okay, I got it. I'm done. I'm selling out to this. That's the way we need to be in our lives. Man, people's lives depend on it. He's appointed us, he's chosen us. We have to be people, man, that are they're, they're doing the works of Jesus, catching more fish, catching more fish, catching more fish. We can't just be people that just come and, and, and take up and just leave and exist and go through our week for me, for me, for me, for me, for what I want, for what, what I can get. No. So Jesus didn't do that. He cared about people, everything. He didn't care about his car. He didn't care about his boat. He didn't care about what he was having for lunch. He didn't care about any of that. He cared about people. And so as he went, as he walked, as he lived his life, we don't have to be weird. Just live your life. Live your life for him, man. Come and see him every single morning. Get close to him, follow him. Then go out and live your day, be normal. Be a normal Christian. Show people how normal you are. I know we are a peculiar people. I know a lot of you in here, you're kind of weird, but that's okay. We are normal. 
We're normal and people can see that we're not a flaky, weird Christian. We can be a Christian that, man, we love God. We know who we are in Christ. We operate in the authority that we've been given. We have something to offer other people and we can, we can share that in a normal way. We can say, listen, I got something for you. And you may not want to hear it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with you a few times. And if I can sense that maybe you're opposed to it for a while, that's okay. I'll come back to you later. I won't push it down your throat until you, you have a hatred for Christians. No. No, he's all right. I'll just keep praying for him. Just keep praying for him. It's all right. Holy Spirit will get you. I'm going to pray for you every day until you're saved. Every day. You may hate Jesus, you may hate Christians, you may hate the church, but guess what? I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna encourage you. I'm not gonna preach to you until you're good and ready. And man, when the, when the fruit is ready, you'll know it. You'll be in the right place at the right time and, and the Lord will lead you and you'll, you'll, you'll receive a harvest, amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. Oh, Father. Father, help us. Help us. Help us to be like you. Show us. Show us how to do it. God, I pray for this church, which is us, the people that are in it. Your heart is for humanity. Your heart is for Southwest Iowa. Your heart is is for people. And God, you've chosen us, you've appointed us to go. And so I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place, we will not forget. We'll not forget what happened in the life of Peter. It'll burn with inside of us. That what we have in you, what we have in you, it won't be able to be contained. That what we have, we have to share. We have to, we must, we must share what it is that we have. I pray that in these weeks and months and years to come, that, that the Holy Spirit would just burn that inside of us. That we must, we must, we must, we must share. I thank you, Father God, for strengthening each and every one of us to step in, step in obedience, step in what it is that we know, Step in what it is that you've given to us. Help us to see our potential. I just thank you, Father God, for it because I know that there's a great harvest that surrounds this place, that surrounds the lives of us as believers. No matter where we go, no matter where we are, there's someone that needs you. And so I just pray, Father, that you would use us to reach those people. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna make sure that, that if you don't, if you're far from him, or you do not know him, today is your day. That is what this is all about. And so if you're that person today, you've known him and now you're far from him and you need to repent and get back in right standing with him, today is the day. You just gotta say, Brian, raise your hand and say, Brian, that's me. If there's anybody in here and you're that person and say, I need to get back in right standing with him, raise up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anybody at all? How about you need to be saved? You have never given your heart to Christ. You've never surrendered your life. Are you that person? Raise up your hand real quick and put it right back down. Anybody at all? All right. All right. Father, we come before you today. We recognize that this has to change.
Altar calls are the most important thing. People giving their hearts to Christ and repenting and coming back, it's the most important thing. And so today, Father God, as believers, we are committing ourselves, we're committing our life to, to seeing to it that this takes place. We'll commit to pray for our altar calls. We'll commit to pray for those that walk in these doors. We'll commit to pray for those that are lost. We'll commit to pray to see a change. That's what you called us to do. You called us to reach people. And so these altars and this time, when these calls are made, it should be full. And that is our expectation, that is our trust, and that is what we are looking to you to do in this house. But it takes us, we have to act, we have to go, we have to fish. And I thank you, Father God, that you're helping us to do that. To bring people in, reap the great harvest before your return, so that all might be found in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen. This morning in prayer, we were, we were praying, and, and one of the things that came up with our prayer team was is that, you know, we give this op, uh, 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 option to come down here and pray with our prayer team. You know, one, one, one person made a very good point that sometimes you feel condemnation, like, like if you're, you've been a believer for a long time and you respond to go down and pray, that, that that somehow makes you lesser of a person. Well, the Bible tells us, man, to agree to agree with someone and it'll be done. And so why? I mean, as a family, like with my kids, if, if there's something going on in their life and they're hurting and they need something or they need money or they need, gosh, they need a lot of stuff lately. They need a lot of stuff. I feel like overwhelmed at times with the amount of asks. But if they wanna come I, and, I, and I have the wherewithal and I'm not just out of dollar bills, I'm gonna give them, I wanna help them. As a family, I want them to come. As a church family, you should wanna come. We want you to come. Our prayer team is down here, they're ready. We've got resources. They wanna agree with you, specifically with something that's going on in your life. Take advantage of it. Come pray with them. Don't be ashamed. That's just the enemy, man, trying to, trying to steal your blessing, trying to steal the answer to the life and what it is that you need. So just say, you know what? He's right. I'm not ashamed. I'm going down there when, they, when we dismiss. They'll be right here. They want to pray. Amen? So, let's see. There was one other thing. Are they gone? I think they are. Okay. Well, hey, I'm so glad you guys came today. I hope, actually, I know you guys got something out of this because the Holy Spirit was working as I spoke, and he's going to continue to work as you go, right? Going everywhere, telling everyone, finding someone, telling someone. Because why? Just as Jesus values people, we value people. Amen? Well, hey, go ahead and stand up. Greet those that are around you. And you are dismissed.